Okay, well, that's interesting. The theme song didn't play. This is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet. I'm here in the studio with Laron Landis and the late. There you go. And we're. Our, our, there we go. And I'm turning all of you on. There we go. I don't know, David. I don't know. You're turning me on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Patty thinks Mike just went off. <laughs> Patty's, uh, Patty's got jokes today. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a fun show. Hey, it, it was wide open. That was. He left himself out there in a field, you know? Uh, wow. <laughs> See, that was, better, that, that was better than our theme song. <laughs> Yep. So, so welcome to the Lambda Weekly Show. <laughs> Here we are. Our guest today is Amanda Robinson. It's been a while since you've been on the show, Amanda. Yeah, Amanda started Teen Pride and recently moved to Plano. Oh, wow. We recently moved to the studio. <laughs> I know, I know. I hey, congratulations. I like the new spot. Good, cool. Yeah, the last time you were on, we were at the old, yeah, at the old spot. Yeah, you guys were at those before yeah. the tornado. The one that was gone with the wind. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I... Asked Amanda on because I was talking to her a little bit this week when an article I wrote for Dallas Voice uh, came out. The story that it, the story in Dallas Voice, and obviously I couldn't have any of the teachers I spoke to on uh, because Irving has suspended two of them. Well, we don't know if that's their actual status right now. Um, but escorted two of the GSA sponsors, the Gay Straight Alliance sponsors, out of the school. Um, when my article came out, I asked Irving ISD one question, and that's, what are you doing to protect your, your LGBT students? Uh, that resulted in Irving ISD blocking Dallas Voice as well as GLSEN and the GSA network from their Internet using their blocking software because of sexual content. Seriously? How? Wow. And um, I'm breaking that news, actually. Uh, I'll print it in Dallas Voice tomorrow. Um, how is asking a question about how you're keeping your kids safe? How is that sexual content? So teen pride expert Amanda Robinson, would you like to try to answer that question? <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not sure it has a right answer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it does. Um... Because, again, you know, what was the reason again? Uh, yeah, yeah, sexual we, content. Sexual content. By whose definition? I, I mean... What is considered sexual content? I, I understand how they would assume Dallas Voice has sexual content. They might be worried about an ad. We don't particularly have those kind of ads. They might be worried about a story that might cross the line into sexual content. I was trying to think the last time I wrote something with any sexual content, it was about um, surrogacy and I, I, fertilizing I, an egg. I think well, you're being nice. Let's just cut. The, let's just get to the point. It's gay, so they're going to say it has sexual content. Yeah, I was about to say, so where would we find these guidelines of <laughs> right. what is considered appropriate? Or You said they blocked G the GSA. The also. GSA network, okay, even so though they just issued a statement that the GSA is still operating and right. the fact that uh, people are saying that it doesn't have a right to operate uh, is just strictly wrong. I never reported that the GSA network or that the GSA in the school is um, uh, suspended and neither did uh, Andrea who was covering it for Channel 11. She certainly didn't report that. Uh, I haven't seen it reported anywhere else. They actually have one of the larger GSAs here in the DFW Metroplex. Right. Over 50-plus students. Wow. That's That's pretty significant. That is yeah. pretty big. So they have a pretty pretty large amount of uh, young people that come out to support this GSA. And I wonder how many of those, and maybe you know, I don't know, um, are straight kids just supporting as allies. Because it is gay straight network, right? I, I, I've gone. I've only. I've gone to. I've gone to speak at uh, a GSA twice, and I'll say, the one that I went to, I'll say probably half the half the kids were in there that were were straight. It wasn't all gay by any means. No. Um, now that now that we're moving into equality looking more normal, like a sense of normalcy for young people. It's, you know, more um, visible. Mm -hmm. 
you're starting to see allyship step up a notch, you know, um, as we celebrate Pride Month and as we continue to be more visible um, on commercials and have family units that look um, non-traditional, then that's when you realize that, you know, you're going to have more allies that's willing to step up and be present and show support more than just Pride Month. For, for, for our listeners who don't, because we don't talk about GSA stuff much anymore, um, let's, let's explain to our listeners what a GSA is. It stands for Gay Straight Alliance. Right. Yeah. Or, or Gay sexual, Sexuality. And, and what, what, is, what are they exactly? Um, so it's, it's, it's basically supposed to be a support group for young people to go in and, and get curriculum that's based around whatever issues or topics that they may be facing at the time. And of course, everybody's need is different. So the and it, and it normally has to have a sponsor, an adult sponsor uh, within the school, that is willing to allow the, the young people to have a safe space to come and meet in their space. And then that sponsor can create a different type of curriculum or education structure around, um, or it can just be a support group for for them to talk and network with each other, uh, kind of discuss things that may be happening at home. Um, classes, tutoring, bullying, so they get an opportunity to discuss any issues that young people may be facing that they can kind of connect with somebody and find some commonalities. Uh, and so the, the the adult is really just a support person. Uh, that's where we kind of come in as the organization Real Life. When we partner with the school districts and the GSAs, we have a curriculum that we kind of give them an idea. Um, of different things that we can go over and some of those things are like internet safety because of course you have a lot of young people right now that's using the internet and these particular young people of course use the internet typically more than most uh, to connect and communicate with other young people that may be identifying because they're not so close to being able to meet in person like you know most young well, because are. and particularly with COVID exactly in, and COVID, in, in yeah. some schools they might be the only kid that's out exactly or or they're not really out. They're just kind of quietly out to a couple of their friends, and so's that gay kid over in that class, and so's the gay kid over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard mm-hmm. to connect unless you have a group that says, mm-hmm. "Hey, it's okay to be gay. Uh, come to our group that meets on Wednesday afternoon right after school in so and so's classroom," a- and it, it normalizes it. Mm-hmm. it. It makes it okay. Um, the first time I spoke at a GSA, I will never forget the question that one kid asked me. She said, I'm bullied at my church. I go into church and kids point their finger at me and say, you're going to hell. So I said, well, that's nice Christian behavior. <laughs> <laughs> While I was trying to come up with an answer for her, I said, how old are you? And she said, 16. And I said, you know, for the next two years, you have to go to church with your parents. You really don't have that choice. But just know that at the end of the two years, you can go to whatever church you want to go to. And there are lots of churches that will embrace you. And I said, and you know, you have a big mouth. And she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and she just laughed. And I said, you know, when they point their finger at you and say you're going to hell, point your finger back and say, how dare you judge me? And she said, ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I said, don't do anything to get yourself in trouble. Don't do anything that is going to hurt yourself. Just know that for the next two years, and I wish I had a better answer than that, you just have to go and go. So... Well, I think it's interesting, too. um, We've talked about this a number of times in recent weeks, in fact. Um, A couple of years ago, DISD reported that they had over 3,300 students who are experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. And the, the standard stat is that you know 40% of them self-identify as LGBTQ. <clears throat> and um, we know in DFW that many people from East Texas, from all the rural areas around, come to the big metroplex um, if they've been kicked out of their homes or they're seeking fellowship with other LGBTQ people. Um, and I can't imagine that Irving ISD doesn't realize they've got kids who are probably experiencing homelessness who are LGBTQ who need that support and, and countless others who are just attending classes. Um, 
I, I don't know. What would you say to Irving ISD right now? It's like, get your crap together, people. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the first thing they should do is take a safe space training <laughs> and understand truly what creating a safe space is. Um, and I think they also have to remember the the responsibility they signed up for as educators, right? And when I say that, what I mean is, as an educator, you want to create a space for every student to be successful, whatever that looks like. And what my success looks like may not be the same success as yours or days. Oh, but you know. let me just interrupt here. Irving did put out a statement that said that every space in an Irving ISD school is a safe space. Oh, come on. So my question was, did they put a sticker on the front door then, a safe space sticker, right. which they removed from teachers' doors? Um, but, but that everybody, no matter uh, what their race, I think it was their gender, or their preferences are, is safe in an Irving school. So they couldn't even use the words All right. when describing who would be safe in their school. Preferences, right. wow. Right. Again, I think we should kind of relay what happened. <laughs> we're just kind of jumping around for listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, what happened in Irving, at Irving ISD School, MacArthur High School. Two teachers were suspended. Well, they were escorted out Escorted of the out for displaying the uh, flags. No, the, safe space stickers. Safe space, but well, one of them had a flag also, the rainbow flag. And... They're saying that that's political. So it's not, I'm not defending uh, Irving ISD at all. As a matter of fact, I disagree with them very much. But I think we need to be specific about what happened. It's not they're just saying, oh, gay kids can't meet or whatever. One of them was escorted out of the school before it was even explained that the stickers were removed because the teachers didn't notice it. And the first teacher who was removed uh, didn't have a safe space sticker on her door because she had just changed classrooms. So she really just didn't notice what happened and she was escorted out of the school. She was one of the GSA sponsors. The other one wasn't escorted out until a week later and that's when several hundred kids walked out of the school. Walked out of school and protest. To protest. Anyway, just thought I'd in case you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. On top of the fact that they said it was a uh, new policy, right? But none of the educators but can... But we can't get a copy of that right. policy. I was about to we say, has it, it. When, when were they given this new policy? What, was there an update for all staff to know? But, um, but well, there's lots of questions around just mm -hmm. that part alone. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. Just springing on them, like, after the fact. All right. Um, we have this new policy you didn't know about. We're going to punish right. you for it. Mm -hmm. But when did this suddenly become political to, to make safe spaces for kids? When Well, what about, what, what and this is from the principal, what about if somebody wants to put up a Black Lives Matter sticker on their door or if somebody wants to put up something for some other group? What well, about? What about it? My, my point is that We've discussed this at length in the legislature in Texas and, and creating laws against bullying and cyberbullying. And, and this is not a new discussion, and cyberbullying and, and types of bullying did not disappear overnight. So how did having a safe space sticker on a door, creating a safe space for kids who are constantly bullied in many forms, become political? It's, that's what I don't get. It's like, why is there why is there a new policy? What what prompted that when things that were not political before and are um, a lifeline for kids in need? I, I don't I don't understand that. because everything is politicized these days. They make everything. How is be getting political. a vaccine political? Well, we're talking about exactly. life. We're talking about life or death here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and so that's the thing for me that stands out the most out of all of this is, again, when I say, and I wasn't being funny when I said they should take a training because maybe they're not educated enough on the statistics. Maybe they're not educated enough to, to really see the difference in schools that have GSAs versus schools that don't. Um, the number of suicides in those schools, the number of high school graduates in those schools, uh, prison to high school pipeline, you know. Um, so there is some data to back up 
the purpose of having this GSA. Otherwise, why do you think DISD did it? Right. You know. So wait, Urban ISD, they're not saying that a GSA can't be there. There are issues no, with the stickers. The issue they're saying that's was with that's the stickers until the principal found that one of the teachers had a pride flag in her classroom. Right. I, 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 then all of a sudden that became political. However, became political. certain other political posters, um, one of the teachers who was suspended said she had a poster for Ignite, which is a political group uh, that encourages young women to run for political office. Now, that's political. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was not a problem. Right. I think it's important for young people to have to see representation. And and it's easy for us to give them representation of the stuff that's not positive. But here we are again where they can have a representation of something that stands out as a positive space for them. How can that be political? And what I don't get, I mean, one of the obvious things here is that if you're white and you're so-called Christian and you're uh, assumed to be heterosexual and um, I, I suppose at, at any socioeconomic level, you don't need to save space because you're the majority mm-hmm. and they don't, these kids don't experience the same levels and, and frequency of bullying that other kids do. And so it's, it's really, you know, literally in your ivory tower looking out um, across the horizon and you just don't see what well, other people are experiencing. But some some students are in that category are bullied because they're short, because they're fat, because they're... I'm not saying that. I'm saying they don't get it to the same degree. No, they don't. Right, of course right. not. As, as these obvious... All right. But what um, about a safe space for those kids? Because there are some, and the, the amount of bullying that should be going on in, in a school is zero. None. Not a single one should be bullied. And... What's wrong with the safe space for, for those kids, too? I'm not saying a gay kid is the only one that needs to be... I mean, I think that's what safe space should represent. That's what we teach. We don't just say, oh, well, we only want you to keep these kids safe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this particular group of young people safe. I, I, it, it, we, we want it to be all-inclusive for, for everybody. That's the whole purpose of it. I, it, to- it sounds like what everybody's... It sounds like there's two conversations going on, and they're not really intermingling. What Irving ISD is saying and what they're paying attention to is not the same thing that we're saying and paying attention to. Well, obviously, if they're— it's two different conversations. If, if their response to how are you keeping kids who are being bullied, and bullying is up. I have uh, statements from six kids who were talking about their experiences, uh, and they're all saying, I don't feel safe in school anymore. And then there was another bullying incident just this week that I found out about. Um, And it's like, oh, well, one bullying incident, one that I found out about. I'm not even in Irving and I found out about it. Um, And the kid, one of the things that he didn't feel safe about, because these two teachers have been removed from the school and they can't find substitutes for them, uh, the kids are in the gym. Mm. And... They have a staff member who's just busy checking kids in at the door. They don't have time to worry about bullying that's going on in the bleachers where they're sitting and doing nothing. So this one kid got bullied. Uh, A couple of other kids broke it up. And the kid got away but had to run to the entire opposite end of the school where he knew a teacher would protect him instead of, oh, there's a safe space sticker right here. Because the stickers are gone. Right. Where I can just duck into this class and know that I'm safe. I mean, and granted, the sticker isn't going to stop the kid from being bullied, right? It would have stopped having to run across that school, and it is a big school. If you have representation, again, of where the safe space... If you have it on your door, where where the safe space is. Um, You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis and the late Patty Fink. We're talking with Amanda Robinson, who founded a group called Teen Pride, and we're talking about safety in schools. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here with uh, Laron Landis and the late Patty Fink, who is remarkably early today. What happened? I'm here. 
<laughs> uh, no, I was just lie. wondering, did Aaron kick you out of the house early? <laughs> or, well, <laughs> so just before the break, we were talking about what's going on in Irving ISD, particularly at MacArthur High School, uh, with bullying and GSAs and so forth. And Amanda has a, a freshly new teen daughter, 13 years old. Yes. Um, same grade as my daughter. And I just wondered, uh, she's not in high school yet, but um, when you have a child um, in your, uh, you know, same-sex parents, you, you do a lot of talking to them. What have you, t- you know, relate to your daughter about bullying and so forth? Possible bullying when they, people find out that she has two moms. We talk a lot about leadership. Um, that's our number one conversation predominantly is uh, what does leadership look like? And sometimes understanding that you may have to kind of stand alone sometimes in leadership, and and that's okay. Uh, but we always want her to know that she should be leading and not following. Um, we also talk to her quite a bit about, in, you know, if you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. And that it's okay to say something, and it's okay to speak up. Um, and so we give her we give her a lot of space and even more space now to be more vocal um, about her feelings and um, kind of like what she's going through. We even talk a lot now about her friends and um, identifiers, uh, friends that could be going through something or in trouble uh, because you never know. And she's at that age, as you just said, where... There's a lot happening. They're exposed to so much so fast. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important for... um, We always want to be able to have the cool space for her to want to have the friends to come to hang at my house. And so I feel like I have to always, always make sure we keep the door swinging both ways and and, and be willing to compromise as parents, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's the hard part. (laughs) You don't get to say because I said so all the time. Yeah, LaRon tried that, didn't. Work. That was a long time ago. Yep. <laughs> I think a lot of moms try that because yeah. I said so and it doesn't work. It, does, it, it will never work. It work. Well, that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, from something you said, uh, if you see something, say something. Too many times I've heard the result of bullying. I did say something. I told him exactly who did it, and nothing happened to mm-hmm. the bully. Yeah. Why aren't assault charges being filed? Mm-hmm. Why aren't these kids being at least suspended from school or sent to alternative programs in schools. I know some of the smaller school districts don't have that, but DISD certainly does. Why aren't these kids who are bullied told in no uncertain terms to stop? It's, it's actually state law that they can't bully in school. Well, you know, over 60% of it goes unreported. So... Um, Again, that goes back to us having this conversation about the safe space, right? Mm-hmm. Why did we think it's un- unreported? Is it unreported because I just don't want to tell anybody? Or is it unreported because I don't identify who I can tell that is actually can actually do something about it? Okay, so if Patty told on one of her bullies and nothing happens to them and it gets back to the uh, bully that... Uh, th- that she reported on it, she's going to get beaten up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that discourages you from reporting it. These reports are not taken seriously. Exactly. I'm surprised even 40% of it is reported. Right, right. And I, very good point. I don't know in these situations if the um, the child who's been bullied, if they are relaying this to their parents, and if they are, the parents need to step up and follow up with the school. Why aren't you doing anything? What would you do if? Um, well, I've already been in that situation. Okay. And um, God, it was maybe two or three years ago. Some little girl made a comment to Gabrielle, and I was so proud of her. She stood up for herself. But the school did do something before I even had to follow up. They did. They follow up with me. They told me immediately. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they did. And um, they followed up also because they had a meeting with the um, the little girl's um, parents. And then I saw the dad. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have did this, but this is just me. Uh, I saw the dad when I picked Gabrielle from school and I confronted him. So I needed to let Gabrielle know when I told you, because we've been telling her this since she was a toddler. 
you see something, you hear something, you say something, I will have your back. I needed to do that. So other parents need to do that. Follow up. Show them that you have their back. I wonder how many kids, though, do go to people within their school administration and just experience more trauma or to their parents to right. say, well, you know, a, a, a young gay man, you know, may say, well, you need to, you know, buck up and right. man and up or something. Up, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and get that kind of reaction from their parents or um, a teacher or from some counselor at school. Um, and I, I agree. I agree with you, Amanda. I mean, like the the need for that safe space training, and how to how to be that person. Even if you do hold those sort of draconian beliefs, right? That oh, you're going to go to hell. It's still not your place to tell the kid that. It's no. not your place. But I think you bring up a good point, Patty, in that the response probably is different depending on what kind of bu- bullying it is. You know, if it's bullying has to do with sexual orientation or gender identity, the response is probably going to be very different from administration, and that's unfortunate. Than if it's about, say, your religion or your race. Your religion or your race. Yeah, absolutely. If you go to an administrator and tell them, hey, some kid just called me the N-word, they're probably going to jump on that very quickly. As opposed to if somebody called you the F-word, you might just be told to, oh, ignore it, man up. Well, and that's why the discrimination policies need to be changed. Yep, absolutely. That's the reason why we need to implement, you know, um, orientation, identity into those discrimination policies. And not just, I mean, again, it, it's it's a school-by-school school type of basis right now, which is horrible. And my questions I keep asking is, okay, what is the next step? If, if the school district isn't doing anything, the superintendent isn't doing anything, then how do, how do we go above you know, them to the next level to say, okay, how can we not make this a statewide policy change across the board that no children in Texas can be discriminated against based off of? And they already have race, they have sex, they have everything in the policy with the exception to sexuality or identity. Right. I know that... I don't know. It seems like just the the big school districts have included that. I don't know about the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty spotty in Texas. Yeah, it it's is. It's, 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 not, is. it's not a blanket. The no. sexual orientation and gender identity is in all these policies. No. I what I what I fear too is that a lot of those districts are um, are just part of the culprit. They're they're, right. they're complicit in the bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This week um, at Tyler High School in Tyler, Texas. Uh, no, excuse me, Tyler. Temple. Temple. Excuse me. Sorry, Tyler. Um, <laughs> Opposite <laughs> Temple, direction. <laughs> Temple, Texas, did a big walkout in support of a trans student who had been using the the women's restroom um, since she was seventh in seventh grade. And here she is in high school, and they're suddenly making her change in the janitor's closet. That's... That, that's deplorable. It is. It's it really is. Deplorable. And, and a, a ton of students walked out in support of her. And I, I commend those students for taking that leadership and mm-hmm. saying to the faculty and the school administrators, this is unacceptable. Wow. Um, in a, from, from one of us. You know, this you is know, unacceptable. There, there are probably a few gay kids in that school. But she's probably the only trans kid yes. that the who's who was out that the school has ever had. Mm-hmm. It's real recent that uh, kids are coming out as transgender Correct. in school. Correct. You know, most transgender people transitioned in their forties, and, yeah. <laughs> and that was going on for mm-hmm. years. But it didn't affect kids in school. So this is probably the first time they're mm-hmm. dealing with it, and for the kids to get it, and the administrators don't get it. Asking a kid to use a janitor's closet, did that not occur to some adult? No. Yeah, like, like, yeah, that that's not right. It's, it's to me, it's over the top, egregiously wrong. I, 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 I agree. And why, why the gut instincts in all these places and all these school districts is so, um, so anti fairness and equality? Mm-hmm. Like, their gut instinct is to say, no, take that sticker down. You know, you know, kick this teacher out, remove them from the school, you know, put this kid in a closet. I mean, kind of like what David said, that nobody think like, okay, like, I don't even have the words for it. Like, they're treating this kid like a leper. 
Okay, fine. You, 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 you're, you're not really clear about the issue of what bathroom the student should go to. At the very least, let her go to the nurse's restroom. No, I was about to say, but surely you can find somewhere. It's somewhere. Surely there is somewhere out of, all, out of the entire school. At the entire school, you pick the janitor's yeah, closet? Should, well, let's go back to Irving and why this teacher decided to pick on the student, the, the gay students. She's a new principal in the school, didn't know how big the GSA was, and she actually told one of the teachers that, you know, if I knew how strong that GSA was and how many people supported it, I would have handled the stickers differently. Now, what she's saying there is they would have been gone one way or the other, but I would have just done it differently for a PR Right. If they were purpose. small enough for me to crush, I would have crushed them. I, <laughs> I, did, I did have to exert my strength here as the new principal of the school, and I had to pick on somebody in order to do it. Yeah. What else was she saying by that statement? It's all about control. I think a lot of these, these students kind of, especially, not students, but the teachers and faculty and certainly administrators, like a new principal... Um, I think it is about control, mm -hmm. you know, and and there are going to be people like that all through life, you know. It's like you can see it right in your com in your company you're working for. I like, mean, but but certain control. It's but I mean, if your if your personal views are different, that's fine. But it, why not take the same stance as a doctor or or you know a person of service, right? You wouldn't want them to not serve you. You wouldn't want the ambulance to say, "Oh no, she's a black woman. I'm not picking her up," and keep going. So why not think that these students deserve that same equality as it pertains to a, a safe education? Because I believe all students should be safe, and every space in an Irving is, ISD school is a safe space. This is so Exxon Mobil. You know, we don't discriminate against anybody. Right. That's, so, so we don't want to change our policy to name things specifically so people can judge us against those criteria. We're just generally, you know, but you've done it little in, tree. You've done it in those countries where you were required to and there wasn't a problem with it. So what's the problem here? Do you right. think she knew what the, what the sticker meant? Because uh, even, like I keep saying, like it's just mind-blowing for you to call it but she obviously did know what the sticker meant, and that's why she had an issue. Or did it. she assume what the sticker meant? I because think it was two that. different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did she make an assumption just based off of was it rainbow colors in it? Did she really again? Is she really educated around what safe space really is and what it means? Because I, I can't in I can't see a person against something like that. Yeah. To, if that makes sense. Like, you're, I can't you're, see You're giving you. her too much credit. <laughs> Seriously. I think she thought it was going to make the... I, I don't even want to call them right-wing Christians, but conservative Christians who had class with these teachers uncomfortable. I, I think she had at least a good idea what it meant. That in conjunction with the rainbow flag that was in one of the teachers' rooms. Well, she didn't know about that until weeks later. But she found out. And so, let's just be honest here. Of course, when you say safe space, that can, that can apply to any and all students. But really, the conversation, when we're talking about safe spaces, we're really only talking about LGBT people. And in general terms, at least in the media, that's all you hear about. I don't hear about um, safe spaces created for any other group. So she, knew, she had an idea what it was, what it, what it was and she just didn't care. Well, but I, I see both of your points. I think she didn't care. Right. One. But I, I think, Amanda, you're, you're talking about safe space carries with it and, and it implies a certain level of education. It's not just, I mean, you have this mental video of, in your head of this kid racing down the hall. He finally gets to the safe space room, gets inside and shuts the door and goes, woo. Yeah, exactly. But it's not having a safe space sticker on your door implies that you're going to listen in a certain way. You got to create gonna... educational content. If hey, I don't know, I'm sorry, you going through that 
going through this situation. I don't know what to do. I've never been in it, but try. Call these people. Here's some resources for you. Or maybe I can connect you with a counselor. Or you are, if you are a safe space, then that means you are willing to go above and beyond to help me find whatever resources it is that I need at that time. So if I'm homeless, then you're going to help me find housing some type of way. Are you going to go to whatever administrator I need to go to to get housing? If I'm being abused, then you're going to probably end up calling CPS because that's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, um, but Again, you're the... You're, you're, you're making too much sense. <laughs> Seriously, which is why we haven't had her on the show in a couple of years. <laughs> you're making, making too, sense. You're, you're making way too much sense. For some people, it really is. They just don't think like that, and we assume, especially somebody in the position of education. But how, that's what I'm saying. How can you not think right. like Have that you, as an educator? Right. Again, what is the number one priority of the educator? Is to do what? Make sure every child is successful to whatever their level of success is. And so what does that look like? First is healthy, right? And healthy has a lot of categories. Yeah. And what I don't get too is this, this person is a principal. I mean, when you look at the, the hierarchy inside school districts, particularly in Texas, you know, you have, you have teacher's age, you have staff and faculty who don't teach, you have teachers and then to become a principal implies a lot of promotions over time, a lot of additional education, a lot, a lot of additional training, a lot of change of perspective, not just from the classroom students in, in one room, but you're looking across a whole school. You know, I mean, like, it, I agree with you, Amanda. How, how the hell does a <laughs> principal come into an office and not have this basic understanding <laughs> right. of what a safe space must be. You should be non-biased to everybody. As right. a principal, yeah. all-inclusive for everybody. It, it shouldn't even matter. To, I, I don't have to agree in order for me to make sure that are you, do you have everything you need to graduate and get out of my high school. Right. <laughs> That's my job as the principal. And my job as the host is to say, I can't wait until I can get these co-hosts out of my studio later. <laughs> You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here with Leron Landis and the late Patty Fink. Our guest is Amanda Robinson, whose group is Teen Pride. And we'll be back with more with Amanda right after this. Well, we definitely saw the disconnect of uh, socialization, right? Where I was just speaking to Leron earlier and I was telling him, when you have organizations like mine who are used to hosting events where they can have that one-on-one -on -one interaction to then having to switch to uh, digital interactions, it can, be t it can be tough because they're already dealing with depression, right? They're already dealing with anxiety or, um, you know, maybe some, some uh, you know, unhealthy issues at home. <clears throat> so sometimes the only escape out of those particular situations is to be able to attend certain events or go to school even or even go to GSA. So I, I think um, some of the things that we saw a whole lot of was definitely uh, depression numbers go up. Uh, some of the counselors that volunteer their time increase their their hours to be able to give more counseling hours um, because of course again y you miss that that inter that that connection one-on-one um, and if you if you're at home and you're 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 in high school and you want to date there's no high school chat dating line right so you can't go on Instagram and, unless there's somebody openly out you right. don't know you can't identify who's who there's mm -hmm. no identifiers again so um another uh, point that would make it i think you know more depressing is that if you're stuck at home and you're not out to your parents mm -hmm. not that they're watching you 24 7 what you're watching online but if they walk by and see that you're chatting with you are a, in paranoia constantly. Ex exactly. It's like they're, they're, they're about You're to gonna catch You're going to be outed at some point. Exactly. At, at some point constantly, yeah. Because so. the beauty about going mm -hmm. to, to a GSA, at least in, physically, is that it's, uh, that that's kept, you know, 
quiet, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's in confidence. It's in confidence. Correct. Yeah. So, correct. But or everybody there is an ally anyway. Right. 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 So, yeah, I can see how that would be a huge difference. Yeah. yeah that's time. that's really crazy, too, because think about this. You're you're out to your parents and they're very supportive and you're you're at home for COVID and they're at home for COVID. The crazy, I even in that situation, the best of all worlds, you're gonna you're gonna just like hate each other after a couple of days, much less <laughs> weeks and months. True. It's like I gotta get away from these people. Right. Because I mean that's what kids look forward to. Yeah. I mean if they literally had to deal with their parents on, I don't care how much they 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 think they love them. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're gonna there's some irritation gonna happen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, listen, listen. You know what? When, we did, when we were at, uh, doing the at home school. <laughs> I didn't know if we was going to make it. Yeah, yeah I'm, right, I'm right there with you. I didn't know if we were going to make it. It, so, it was looking uh, real sketchy. Yeah, so. but in Laurent's case, in Laurent's case, Gabrielle was going to throw her two dads out of the house. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So and imagine Gabrielle, how bad it would be for a kid you. who's who's it already in an adverse relationship right, with their right. parents. Right. Also, one of the other things to think about for uh, kids who aren't openly out at home, a lot of times that's the first time, too, they hear their family members or their parents, uh, you know, slurs mm-hmm. and, you know, rhetoric and, you know, hate speech and stuff like that. So it also is a, a deterrent from even coming out. It's also another form of abuse, right? Because it's mentally taking a toll mm-hmm. on you that that's what's the the, the mindset. So, um, and if you haven't said anything, they don't know. And so it's not even intentional always. And I think mm-hmm. parents do convey that fairly mm-hmm. in their body language. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they... They, you can pick up and tell. Oh, they you convey. I mean, if if they have that mentality, they convey it very early. Mm-hmm. I knew when I was five or six years old. It's my not approved. Was, my dad was a homophobe, so yeah, mm-hmm. very, I didn't know the word, but this I knew it. Okay. But I knew it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember that that story years ago on the show. Um, when remember when Six Feet Under was on HBO, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and we had a lot of discussion and talk about them. And I did an interview with Matthew St. Patrick. Oh, that's right. Who played the gay cop, the black mm-hmm. gay cop, mm-hmm. the hot who black was gay cop. the <laughs> black gay cop, <laughs> in a relationship with one of the Fisher brothers, right? And um, and he was a, a long-term cast member mm-hmm. across, I think, the entire series. He was, um, and he told the story as an actor about um, he had been on a soap opera, I believe, a, a number of soap operas in New York City. He was a struggling actor, you know, they call it starving actors had, you know, worked really hard and he did this audition to get this part and he got the part and he was so excited and he called his his parents and they were both on the line and and he says, oh, I got this part, you know, I'm going to play this gay cop and blah. And his dad misunderstood him and he said, he thought he said that he was gay. Mm-hmm. And he proceeded to just unload on this guy mm-hmm. who's an adult mm-hmm. in his 30s and his father is telling him, I don't want you ever to call here again. You are no longer my son. Um, you're no longer part of this family. And he's like, Dad, 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 I, I didn't say I was gay. I said my my character in this show is gay. And he goes, oh, oh okay, well, never mind. Hmm. And he said he will never. It's This has scarred him forever. Right. Because it's... You can't take that back. Mm-mm. Now he knows what kind of man his dad really is. Right, right. You know, I mean, and you can't, you can't undo that. You really can't. And so, parents, if you're listening, think about the kind of environment that you're creating. Are you creating a safe space for your own kid? Exactly. Right. You know, I mean. To me, that's big because yeah. they'll never forget that. Yeah. Never. Never forget it. I mean, I. It's not that you can't take it back, you can, but it takes a long time to, to heal that damage you've done. And mm-hmm. even then, they will never forget it. Yeah. And I wonder what the follow-up to that story was, whether he really needed his father to change. I don't, I don't know. But he was, he was going around the country with Glad right, at the time telling mm-hmm. his story. Yeah. And, of course, people wanted to go see the hot game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so he was... Um, he was an incredible speaker. He yeah. had um, a lot of gravitas about 
the things he was talking about and the things that he learned as a straight man playing a gay mm -hmm. character. Right, right. Awesome. Um, so it was, it was, it was a wonderful um, encounter, and I was very happy that he was touring mm -hmm. with with that kind of um, personal experience to share. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened with him in his I, I do remember. <laughs> totally sidetracking here. I read an interview about. Um, that he gave, uh, I forgot what the with magazine, he was saying how a lot of people were like, what was it like to kiss another man? That was a whole big deal about straight actors. This is the early 2000s. It's the early 2000s, so straight men playing, uh, straight actors playing gay roles and having to kiss somebody of the same gender. And he said in his mind, he just thought, he told the uh, other actor, he goes, man, just pop, just pop a breath mint and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget that. That's <laughs> all, all he was worried about. <laughs> he, he was just being an actor. He's like, yeah, just pop a breath, man. We'll be fine. <laughs> you know what? What's it like playing a mass murderer or whatever else? That's in in many ways considered to be better. Right. right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, wow. so with kids during the pandemic. Did you run into any who were suddenly homeless as a result of being with their parents 24-7? We had a couple of kids um, that had various needs. Um, some wasn't necessarily that they were homeless, but it was just that home wasn't, didn't have the environment for online school. Um, so that was some situations like no internet, stuff like right, that, right. you know. Um, Which is still a problem. It's still a problem, right, yeah. across the board. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think for the most part, it was it was mainly like it would be issues because you're at home full time, mm -hmm. kind of like what we were having. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, adolescent, typical adolescent stuff. Um, nothing too serious so far, thank goodness, you know, um, as far as um, in no suicide attempts or anything crazy. But we really, really have kind of... We had to cut back and just kind of lay low anyway ourselves, like mostly everybody else. And, um, you know, and we're just now starting to ramp back up and get ready for Teen Pride 2022. So we'll be rolling out again like everybody. Well, tell us what Teen Pride is then. Okay. Um, so Teen Pride is a, a youth pride for teenagers, ages 13 to 19 years old. And so what we do at Teen Pride, it's a music festival. So we have a stage and entertainment with a DJ, uh, jump houses, food vendors. But it's also a fun way for us to expose young people to local resources in the community. Um, we believe that it's important for you to know what's available for you to utilize before you need it. Uh, you know that the police is there before you have to dial 911, just like you know the fire department is there before you have to dial 911. So you need to know also what actual organizations and resources serve you and possibly your need in the future if you're a young person, and especially a young person that's in the LBGTQ community. Okay, you know my favorite uh, Teen Pride story? It was the year that it was held in the yard behind... Um, Oakland United Methodist Church. Okay. And there were some protesters there. Yes. Protesting the teens. So several of us, we had these sheets with banners, with mm -hmm. you know, messages on the sheets. So two of us held up this sheet so that the protesters who had to be on the sidewalk outside Oakland United Methodist property um, were on the other side of the sheet and we were holding it up. And so people came up to us and said, what's keeping them behind your sheet? I said, I don't know if they walked over five steps. They, they wouldn't be standing <laughs> they behind, the behind the sheet. <laughs> but I guess they're not bright enough to figure no. that out. No, well, I mean, they were there definitely, if they were, they were out there protesting kids, they clearly wasn't bright. So it's not, you know, we haven't done our job unless we have protesters. <laughs> I mean. Oh, and Amanda did her job. She made sure everybody knew. But these were a group of particularly annoying protesters yes. at the time. And as far as the and team pride, it's welcoming for ally teens also. Always. Absolutely. I so, mean, again, again, for us, uh, we don't just have a direct we have a direct focus right now on lbgtq youth that's because they're the most at risk statistically they're the most at risk for high school dropouts teen pregnancy mm -hmm. hiv and std homelessness 
you know so um you can't even prioritize which one of those take priority over the other because it's kind of like a trickle down effect if you have one of those issues then they kind of create all the other issues uh as a young person so um Right now, our focus is primarily on that particular demographic, which is LBGTQ youth, but we focus on all youth, um, and our goal is to cre create inclusion for all young people and all youth. And hopefully, when we can get the numbers down, suicide numbers down, uh, transgender murder numbers down for young black women that are of color, um, then we can kind of focus on another at risk. But for right. now, it's this particular demographic. Well, I would think some allied kids are members of GSAs and would want to participate in your group because they feel because of their association with their best friend who happens to be gay, mm -hmm. they feel at risk, too. Mm -hmm. They're at risk for the same bullying and everything else. And, uh, you know, oh, you think you're straight? Well, you're blah, 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 blah. Right. Because because of who your friend is and you're just hiding it at least he's not hiding it even though they're not they're just allied and the other reason that you would want allies as part of your group is it lessens your job when this kid who's gay has all of these different friends they don't need your group in the same way no. they, they need it for fun and and to participate with other kids and uh, that's just healthy but that's the easy part of your job as opposed to working with kids who are threatening suicide and finding homes for kids who are suddenly homeless because their parents found out that they're gay or lesbian. So tell us a little more about, about Teen Pride. Is this your, is your, your flagship event, obviously? But you obviously, when we just in talking in the last hour, you, have, you provide real support for, for kids who, and a network of support. Oh, yeah. they do. So do you have meetings? Yeah, so we have actual programming. Um, so we have safe space training, as you heard me mention. And uh, we can do that on a corporate level where we can come up to your business or your organization and safe space tra training groups. Um, it's a certifiable training through our organization. Um, we also have a how do I adult training. That's um, awesome. <laughs> can I sign up? <laughs> yeah, and you'll learn it from Amanda. Right. <laughs> I'm still learning myself. <laughs> but it's very important um, for young people. It's a cool um, training for young people as well. You can sign up through our website on that one as well, which is www.rlc365.org. And, um, and so what it basically does is it teaches young people how to budget, um, how to create a budget, how to food shop on that budget and um, oh, that's awesome. basically things just they don't teach in school. Things they don't it. teach in school anymore. Again, how do yeah. I don't? So, right. you know, sometimes the small things create something totally different in your life if you just kind of put a little structure there. And Amanda, I want to thank you so much for being with thank us. Especially, Amanda jumped in at the last minute because we had to reshuffle several of our guests. Thank you so much. It's good seeing you again. Yes, thank you. Do come back anytime. anytime. I'd love to come back. Great. Thank you so much for being with us. And our guest next week is... Is it Stephen? Yes, yeah, Stephen Rains. His new book is uh, A Quilt for David. If you remember the case of a dentist in about 1990 who was accused of infecting uh, about a half a dozen of his patients with HIV, that never happened. Well, he was accused, but he didn't infect anybody. And Stephen Rains' first time a book has been written about this topic. Uh, for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, have a great week. And we're going out with music from Lisa Messiah.